Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Yes, sir, and welcome to episode 20. Episode 20, right, Rick? Are we at 20? That's 20 in the books, Rob. Wow, just flying by during this quarantine. You know, Rick, we started this podcast early quarantine, like March, and it's just been a blast. So um, we want to thank our listeners. Uh, Milestone episode 20. Uh, wherever, whenever you're listening. We don't know who you are, but we appreciate it. So keep listening. Rick, why don't you tell the guys what we're going to get into today? Rob, we have been in a part of a three-part episode series where we're documenting our first ever trip to the Super Bowl. And this was the Seattle Seahawks New England Patriots Super Bowl out in Arizona. Our first part of the series talked about our epic journey during media day and the festivities we got into by interviewing Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and just how elaborate and fantastic that day itself was. We then, second part of this series, talked about the week leading up to the Super Bowl, because as we've said in previous podcasts, if you go to a Super Bowl, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. The right way to enjoy a Super Bowl is to spend the entire week in that city and going to all of the fanfare and all the great NFL experiences that are set up for attendees throughout the week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to the weekend. And then this episode is going to talk in depth about our experience on Super Bowl Sunday, my personal favorite day of the year, and one that I will never forget. I was just teary-eyed throughout the day as a boy growing up playing football, playing it through high school and throughout college. Just that idea of someday being at the Super Bowl, just as a football fan, was, uh, was achieved that day. And to spend it with you, my brother, my best friend, that made the game and the experience that much more enjoyable. So Rob, I'm ready to get into it if you are. Yeah, let's get into this, man. So night before the Super Bowl felt like Christmas in terms of nerves. And, uh, you know, not to get into any details, but I had a tummy ache. And Rick went out that night to an outstanding party. And I just, I just had to um, pull the decision to take it easy that night. Take it I, think you made, I think you made the right call, Rob, because here we are looking back on the 
whole week and the Super Bowl itself. And you made a wise, mature decision, knowing that your stomach and your body were just so in knots getting ready for the big day that you you chose to sit out that evening. And I think you made the right decision because you needed to come as best you could for Super Bowl Sunday. You didn't want to be banged up and in a really bad state throughout the most enjoyable day of the year. So I think you made a great call by staying in Saturday night. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Monday morning quarterback on you right there. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I had the nerves going as if I was playing in the game, you know. But anyway, I digress. Took it easy that night. Rick and I and Dave and Gary woke up really early the next day like kids on Christmas. Uh, Rick and I had our suits laid out. So the suits that we were rocking for media day uh, were back in action for the Super Bowl. We had our Patriots ties, our lapel pins, and of course our lanyards. And we got over to the stadium as soon as we possibly could. Rick, why don't you talk to about the stadium festivities and leading up to the, to the game? Take it away. All right, all right. So the whole week is just building in anticipation for Super Bowl Sunday. It's the biggest spectacle in sports. And most people, myself, you, our listeners out there, we all sit down, we all watch the game, we see the commercials, but to really be one of the few people to be in attendance on Super Bowl Sunday is just so thrilling. I mean, I had chills, I think, pretty much the entire day. And again, as a football fan, you're so excited to get over there. You and I, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, we always dress the part, we always get there early. Good things tend to happen when you put those together. You bring a lot of fun, positive energy. And that's what we did. It was, it was Sunday morning. It was early, Rob. I mean, the game d- didn't kick off locally until around, I think it was around five o'clock-ish local time that the game was kicking off. So we were over there maybe around nine, ten o'clock in the morning, just as people were starting to get to the stadium and we walked the stadium around the outside, the parking lot, there were some concert areas set up for the hours leading up to uh, the game itself. We were dressed head to toe, finest suits, like you said. And then the gates opened up, Rob, the gates opened up. You and I were two of the first people into the entire stadium and the field I'm a huge aesthetics, grass design, graphics, logos. I'm just a big fan of that. So, you know, you walk into this stadium, the field is as green as you've ever seen a grass football field. The numbers, the logos throughout the field are freshly painted. The end zones have got one dedicated to the Patriots, one dedicated to the Seahawks. To me, there's just something so appealing to that from an aesthetic standpoint. I I loved that. That was one of my favorite memories of us getting there early. And then we explored the stadium, Rob. We had an empty stadium to ourselves as the crowd really didn't file in, you know, right at that moment. It kind of trickled in as the hours went on that afternoon. But we really, in pretty much an empty stadium, we went down to the field level, we went up to the press box areas, we went up to the nosebleeds, just to really get every point of view we could. 
Yeah, we went all over the place. And what was so unique about that was all of our friends were at the games. We had friends from New Jersey that flew in for the game. Our, our best friends, the Kawasses, our neighbors, since we were four years old, were there with their family. We got to hang out with them, you know, down by like the 20-yard line, taking pictures. Uh, the Kleins from Red Bank were in town, and we were taking pictures with them uh, before the game started. I remember, uh, you know, uh, listening to We Dem Boys, We Dem Boys, like that song, that pump-up song, and watching Vic, Vince Wilfork, an absolute, you know, Goliath of a human, just getting ready. And I was getting so uh, jacked up because I thought I was playing. And so let's, let's talk about that, Rob, because here we are. We're, we have no impact on the game itself. We're not playing in the game. We're not announcing the game. We have no affiliation with the game other than being fans. And I think that is something really unique where we got to cherish that experience, not just with ourselves, but with our friends, Dave and Gary and the Kleins and the Kawasses. I mean, that made it even cooler being at the Super Bowl, as you said. But on the other side of it, now you've got the players, the coaches, the front office staff. Let's talk about the Super Bowl for what it is. This is truly the game, the event, the day that these grown men have been waiting for and working so hard for their entire professional lives. And some of them since they were little boys. So Rob, yeah, just to be in the same arena with the Vince Wilforks, the Tom Brady's, all these guys that are just, you know, today is their day. That, that you could feel the electricity coming from the field up into the stands oh my gosh yeah and we picked an absolute amazing game to go to i mean the patriots the seahawks both their fan bases traveled so well and arizona is such an amazing spot to have the super bowl so the stadium was was i would say 50 50 the seahawks fans uh are known for being loud like super loud and the Patriots fans are definitely loud, too. So it just made for a perfect matchup Super Bowl-wise and a perfect fan, fan base. So let's get into this. You know, we, we, uh, the game's about to start. The national anthem's about to start. And Gary and Dave go to their seats. Uh, we had two seats. They had two seats. So uh, we went to the upper decks. This was, uh, you know, you've heard all the stories of Rick and us sneaking on the fields and doing all this and uh, the security was just top-notch no way in heck we're going to get down there and so we went to our respected seats in the upper decks uh but we were uh delighted to be there super excited just to be in the stadium and then we had an awesome uh you know national anthem rick who sang the national anthem in the opening acts well, you had John Legend who teed things up at the beginning of the game, as he's done many times before. Just a fantastic artist that got a chance to sing before the game kicked off. That, to me, is one of my favorite moments. God bless America, the national anthem, the American flag covering the entire field. The I love the, the flyover. You're right. The Arizona Stadium has an opening in the roof, and you could see the fighter jets flying over during the national anthem. There was one moment in particular, Rob, that stands out to this day that I remember so well. And 
it was just like, all right, it's getting ready for game time. And that's when the players, after they warmed up for an hour or two out on the field, they then went into the locker rooms. And when they were coming out as teams and they were being introduced as teams, the Seattle Seahawks, courtesies of Nirvana, which was a band based and head, you know, from uh, Seattle area, had smells like teen spirit blasting throughout the stadium, which just had everybody who was rooting for Seattle going wild. And then on the flip side, you had the New England Patriots coming out to drop kick Murphy's shipping up to Boston. And again, everybody from the New England area just was going nuts. One of the things the NFL does, take a note of this, fans, listeners out there, next time you're watching the Super Bowl, you'll see that they put massive speakers, big black boxes, huge speakers, basically every 10 yards along the sidelines, inside the field, on the field level, and that just enhances the volume of noise. So you can't really hear anything during the Super Bowl. It is just cranking loud, Rob. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. Yeah, it is. Uh, you need earplugs for sure, but we were loving it. I just got chills thinking about the uh, Nirvana and Dropkick Murphys. I was like, you know, put me in, coach, on my, on my chair over here. Um, awesome national anthem. And then the game starts. So I'm going to take it from here for a minute, Rick, and just go through this, this game. And then we're going we're gonna to come back to the halftime show because it's arguably one of the best halftime shows ever. Oh, and the game, and the game as well too. So I'm excited to hear your diagnosis of this game, and let's get into it. Let's talk about one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. No doubt. Now, I I, I had to do a little box score on this because I had to relive it, and I was like, all right, yeah, I remember things happening. And this game had so much anticipation. You have Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson on one side, beast mode, uh, and then you have Julian Edelman. Gronk, Brady on the other side, and just a dynamic offense. So you knew there was going to be a lot of scoring, but you didn't know when it was going to happen. You didn't know when. And every fan is on the edge of their seat waiting for this thing to happen. And nobody scores in the first quarter. The first quarter goes scoreless. And then it's 0-0 after the first quarter. The second quarter is where things just caught like wildfire. Um, Brady opens up the uh, can of worms with an 11-yard pass to Brandon LaFell. So they're up 7-0. Then the Seahawks come back, charge down the field, and Marshawn Lynch punches it in uh, with two minutes remaining in the the half. Uh, And it's 7-7. Then Brady leads a two-minute drill 
eight plays, 80 yards, a minute and 45 seconds, and caps it off with a touchdown, a 22-yard pass to Rob Gronkowski. So now it's 14-7. There's 30 seconds, 29 seconds left to be exact. And uh, we think it's over. We think that the half might be over. No, 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 no. The Seahawks charge down the field on five plays, 80 yards in 29 seconds, and tie the game at 14-14, going into halftime. They have all the momentum on their side. It's just going bonkers. And we're next to Patriots fans. We're next to Seahawks fans. Uh, you know, we're rocking Patriots attire, but to be completely honest, I think we just wanted an amazing game. And we got that in the second quarter. The place was going nuts for the Patriots, nuts for the Seahawks. Oh, man, it was awesome. And then we got delighted with an amazing halftime show. Rick, talk about the halftime show. Sure. So, like you said, the first half, especially the way it ended, just had everybody just so excited. And then the halftime show starts. And the Super Bowl halftime show, as everybody talks about each year, is a spectacle in of itself. You've got the game, you've got the commercials, and you've got the halftime show. Those are like the big three things that get analyzed and get talked about for weeks and weeks leading up to it, and then for several days after the event. And the halftime show, just as the game itself was amazing, so was Katy Perry's performance. And she wasn't by herself, though. She had Missy Elliott, surprise guest, and Lenny Kravitz, surprise guest, join her out on stage, and it made for a great show. What I loved about it was all of the accessories that went into the halftime show. And when you're on TV, it's really made for television. So the camera shots are all positioned in certain ways so that when you're watching it at home on your HD TVs, everything just comes up like a pre-recorded show almost. But when you're in the stadium, you can kind of see all the stuff going on in the background and over in the side areas when there's transitions happening. And it was really neat to see Katy Perry come out. She was on this big, massive, like lion, tigerish, uh, big, huge, uh, I mean, God, the thing had to have been 30 feet tall. It was massive and it was robotic and she was on it. And then she transitioned into another like dance area that was beachy themed. Fans, listeners out there might recall the famous left shark uh, scene where this one dancer in the routine just kind of went rogue doing his own thing, not really following the, the script and the beat, but uh, it made for good laughs afterwards. Like I said, the special guests added to the halftime show. A lot of work goes into it. It is a musician's honor. And some of them would say the grandest stage that they ever will have performed on is the Super Bowl halftime show. So these musicians and artists don't take this opportunity lightly. They spend months, sometimes almost a full year, practicing, coming up with dance routines, picking out their song selection, collaborating with other artists. There's so much work that goes into the halftime show itself. And this one just rocked the stage. And to this day, Rob, when Katy Perry comes on the radio, it takes me back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, couldn't agree more. 
Uh, dude, it was just such an epic uh, concert. It truly was a concert. And I remember that lion and her coming out to uh, her famous song. And, uh, you know, it was just insane. I, it blew my mind. I, I was like, what is she coming out on? That's nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the second half, Guys, listeners out there, this is arguably the greatest Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls and the way that it finishes. So, Rick, is it cool if I jump into the second half here? I want you to dive into the second half. I don't want you to leave out any details. I want you to articulate the plays that made this Super Bowl so memorable. So, Rob, take it away. All right, sweet. So, the Seahawks start the scoring in the third quarter by tacking on a 27-yard field goal by Steven Hashka, 17-14, Seahawks are winning. Next, the Seahawks add on another seven points with a three-yard touchdown pass to Doug Baldwin. Now they're up 24-14, heading into the fourth quarter. Oh my gosh, the Seahawks fans are going nuts because if you remember the Seahawks, they were known for their defense. They're the Legion of Boom. Uh, with all their incredible defensive players, uh, you know, with Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner. Like, like, this is their time to shine and lock down the Patriots. And here we go. We got the Patriots firing back. Tom Brady hooking up with Danny Amendola on a four-yard TD pass about halfway through the quarter. So now it's 21-24 with about seven minutes left. Uh, and it's a little back and forth, back and forth. And then Julian Edelman at the beginning, at the close to the two minute warning, Tom Brady passes the ball to Julian Edelman on the goal line. So like a three yard touchdown pass and they score. So it's 28-24. And this is where things got interesting. Two minute drill. The Seahawks receive the ball, two minutes left in the game. This is what you want. This is what you're dreaming for if you're Russell Wilson as a kid, a chance to lead your team to victory in a Super Bowl. And it did not disappoint. Russell Wilson drops back. Deep bomb to Javon Curse. And a lot of people forget about this play because the plays after it were such a big deal. But there was a deep ball to Javon Curse. He went up for the catch, and he kind of juggled it. It went off his hands, and then fell down, and then it went off his foot somehow, and it landed on his chest. And now the Seahawks have the ball inside the 20-yard line of the Patriots. The place is going absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Patriots fans were, like, going nuts and now the Seahawks fans are going nuts and time's winding down and here's the play of the game which arguably makes it the best Super Bowl ever 24 seconds left on the clock they're second and goal they're on the two maybe the three yard line and the whole season the Seahawks have been really leaning on their running back Marshawn Lynch, a.k.a. Beast Mode, this is his area. The 10-yard line and inside the 10-yard line, this is where you just hand it off to Beast Mode and let him do his thing. 
Well, they did. On first and goal, the Seahawks handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, and he picked up a couple of yards. And that brought him to this, that brought him to the two, maybe three-yard line. And what does Pete Carroll do? Pete Carroll loves trick plays. So what he does is instead of running the ball, Russell Wilson drops back for the infamous pass. And he lines up, takes a couple steps drop, and he's going for a quick slant across the middle to Ricardo Lockett. But who jumps in his way? Who jumps in his way? Not the main cornerback, not the second cornerback. It was a nickel cornerback. So basically like a fourth string cornerback by the name of Malcolm Butler jumps the slant route and makes the interception on the goal line and leans forward to bring it out of the goal line and onto the two, three yard line. And the place is just going nuts. I have chills just thinking about this. I didn't care who was going to win the game, but you can't script a crazier ending to the Super Bowl with 24 seconds left. Just give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and let him punch it in. Nope. Russell Wilson steps back, makes the, pass, makes the attempted pass on the slant route. Malcolm Butler steps in, intercepts it. Patriots fans are going nuts. Tom Brady is freaking out on the sidelines. They just punched their ticket for Super Bowl victory. Rick, your thoughts? Well, first, congratulations, Rob. That breakdown was right up there with the John Maddens of the world. The detail was on point. And that's exactly how it went down, ladies and gentlemen. One thing that I recall was the fans in the stadium. You said earlier it was about 50-50. Half the stadium were Seahawks fans. Half the stadium were Patriots fans. And what I recall was that moment where they're on this two-yard line. The Seahawks look like they're about to score a last-minute touchdown, probably go on to win the Super Bowl. And all the Seahawks fans are standing They've got the biggest smiles on. They're just so excited. They're a few moments away from reaching the Super Bowl championship that they've always wanted. And on the other side were the Patriots fans. They were sitting in their chairs. They were quiet. Some of them were pretty much sulking, thinking, assuming that, well, there's no way we could possibly win in this situation. And on a dime, just on a split second, when that interception happened, it flipped the entire stadium. The people that were standing went immediately sit, sat down. They couldn't believe it. And the people that were sitting went jumping out of their seats with joy. And it was just so cool to see that flip of emotion throughout the stadium. I really relish and enjoy that moment, Rob. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, you nailed it. You nailed it. And the game's – all right, so Tom Brady takes a knee. They take a knee and all that. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Confetti's flying down. Red and blue confetti. I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to be the guy in charge of the confetti because, you know, you might have accidentally pressed the wrong button, you know, and get the, get the blue and green in there because it changed so quickly, the momentum. <laughs> um, but so confetti's raining down. And I remember Rick just standing – in our seats, in the upper deck, you and I look at each other just in awe of what happened. And we both said, this 
is probably the greatest Super Bowl ever and maybe the greatest ending of a Super Bowl ever, the craziest ending of a Super Bowl. It was, it was wild. It was so wonderful being in that arena, just a sellout, packed stadium with passionate football enthusiasts like yourself. And Rob, again, uh, a trip, uh, a week, uh, a day I will never forget with you in Arizona. I hope that we can go to many more Super Bowls in the future together. Um, for those listeners out there, I hope you get a chance to not just listen to this podcast episode, but the other episodes where we talk about doing your Super Bowl experience the right way and enjoying the full week in that respective city and doing the advanced scouting and planning for all the parties that were taking place. That's the way to do it, Rob. I feel so proud and so happy that we executed a flawless plan at the Super Bowl. Absolutely, man. What a week. What a journey. What a trip. And that's us signing off. I'm Rob Brandt. And I'm Rick Brandt. We're the Brothers Brandt. Everybody stay safe out there. We appreciate you tuning in during quarantine. And we'll keep the good stuff coming. Later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.